Welcome to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age, the show designed to help make middle age your prime time of life by defying the notion that once you reach 40, 50, or even 60 years old, your crowning achievements are all behind you. Regardless of whether you're just approaching 40 or are firmly entrenched in your middle years, it's time to launch your very own personal journey toward a joyful and purpose-filled second half of life. Each week, host Roy Richards, an expert on midlife renewal and author of A Midlife Challenge, Wake Up, will discuss the challenges common to middle age and help guide you to a brighter tomorrow. Now, here's Roy. Well, to begin our program today, let me describe a truly scary scenario, and I sincerely hope this doesn't sound like you. Let's talk about Mr. and Mrs. Smith. We'll just call them that because it's a common name. Both of them are in their late 50s. They've had both had 30-year working careers, and both would like to retire within the next 5 to 10 years. But there's one problem. The Smiths have saved very little for their retirement. Both spouses have changed jobs several times, so neither is vested in an employer-sponsored pension plan. And a couple of their employers offered attractive 401k plans, but the couple wanted to maintain their lifestyle, and there never was enough left over to contribute to the 401k or to a personal IRA. And the Smiths live in a big house with a big fat mortgage, a luxury car, and an SUV in the driveway, both with hefty car loans. (laughs) Within the past nine years, the Smiths were able to put all three kids through college, but each child is left with a hefty student loan to pay off, and as parents, Mr. and Mrs. Smith also took out loans that must be repaid, and both husband and wife always find something to spend money on, so their savings and checking accounts have been like a roller coaster, up and down, up and down, and they never took time to discuss and agree upon what their retirement should look like or uh, to retain a professional retirement planner. There'd always be time for uh, planning and preparation once they grew nearer to retirement, they said. Well, guess what? The future is now. And uh, we're the Smiths to retire today, future cash inflow, and the resultant quality of life would depend almost entirely upon Social Security benefits. But here's the reality. Benefits for husband and wife combined will be less than one-third of what the couple earns today. Furthermore, the Smiths will be totally dependent on payment from our federal government that must continue to borrow just to pay its bills. Goodbye travel, membership in the country club, eating out often, or the freedom from stress that a healthy stream of retirement income provides, and a low forced sale of their home, perhaps at a loss moving into a modest apartment or a retirement home, and pinching every penny for the next 20 to 30 years so far from a joyful retirement. And to make matters worse, as they age, there's always the threat of a health or mental condition that will require one or both of the Smiths to receive long-term care at a cost of perhaps $90,000 a year. Does the scenario I described sound far-fetched? Well, a 2014 survey conducted by the Employee Benefit Research Institute revealed that 60% of today's Americans have less than 25000 in retirement savings. Isn't that scary? <laughs> and that's a mere drop in the bucket to finance 20 or 30 years of retirement living. And as my next guest, esteemed veteran financial advisor and author Roger Friedman puts it, this is truly a bleak scenario. Most Americans are as unprepared for retirement as our country was for Pearl Harbor in December 1941. But the good news is Roger will explain why it's never too late to change 
In fact, he's here today to help get us started on planning and investing for retirement the right way. And he'll also uh, recommend that you don't attempt to navigate your retirement solely on your own. In fact, he's written a brand new book on the subject titled Fire Your Retirement Planner, You. And Roger Friedman is 34 years as a wealth manager, both advising clients and managing complex operations in household name firms E.F. Hutton, Smith Barney, and Morgan Stanley. He's currently managing director and founding partner of Steward Partners Global Advisory, LLC, in Washington, D.C. He's a chartered retirement planning counselor, and he's regarded as one of America's foremost authorities on the relationships between clients and their financial advisors. And he's author of the 2014 Amazon bestseller, Forging Bonds of Steel. And Roger was a prior guest on our November 2nd, 2015 program. And remember, you can always go back to listen to prior recordings at your leisure. <coughs> and hello, Roger, and welcome to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age. Roy, thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. Well, hopefully, few if any listeners are as ill-prepared for retirement as our hypothetical Smiths. But there's a way to find out. In your new book, you provide 10 questions for readers to answer yes or no to figure out if they are retirement underachievers. Could you please run through a few of those questions? <laughs> well, you know, Roy, first off, I'd, I'd like to say that um, I don't know who the Smiths are, but I never, ever want them as a client. <laughs> no. Because they they do not exhibit the proper behavioral characteristics that I look for in the people that I work with. I see. So you can okay. send them to your uh, competitor down the street. <laughs> well, I, I think that's, that's actually a great idea. Let me write that down. <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, I did create a retirement readiness assessment. And when I did that, uh, I just tried to think of all the things that people should be doing, yeah. but are they, in fact, taking the time and the effort to actually get them done? Yeah. So would you like me to run through some of them? Yeah, that would be wonderful. Okay. So first, have you seriously considered how much you're going to need to live on once your paycheck stops? Yeah, that's such a crucial. So I can't believe more people don't do that, but... Uh... Well, you know, I, I look at it this way. If somebody needs, just for example, $50,000 of income, okay, yeah. with trendline inflation over long periods of time running at about 3.2%, yeah. in 10 years to equal the purchasing power of the 50000 today, yeah. they'd need about $65,000. Yeah, that's only in, 10 years. <laughs> and in 20 years, they'd need almost 88000 yeah. And I asked them, what is your strategy to accomplish this? Yeah. Okay, and normally I get a glazed look because no one ever put that into a concrete number. Everyone knows there's inflation, and everyone knows, yeah, my drugs and my gas and my meals cost a bit more than they did last year. Yeah. But that's about as far as that thought goes. Yeah, I was originally uh, 
This is really scary. A few years ago, I was looking at, uh, I think the maximum I earned as an executive back in the 80s was around $100,000. And just to keep even with inflation right now, I'd have to earn about close to $300,000. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Roy, it sounds like you buy a lot of fancy coffee. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't say I did make the $300,000. Okay. It's all relative. It's it's amazing how... uh, you know, my father never made more than 75000 a year, and he was the chief investment officer for a life insurance company. Wow. That was in the <laughs> 70s or something like that. Okay. But. So I'll go now to the second question. Yeah. Have you established and do you contribute to either a traditional or a Roth IRA? Yeah. Okay. Uh, because people could have their own individual retirement accounts yeah. outside of whatever their employer might offer. Yeah. So you're not only being able to say, you know, I'm saving at work, but you could also save on your own above and beyond what you're doing with your yeah. employer. Yeah, that's so crucial. Okay. And third is, is even a follow-up to number two is, do you participate in an employer-sponsored retirement plan such as a 401k or a 403b or a 457 plan? You know, whether you work for a hospital, a university, state or local government, or a private employer, many, many employers offer these various types of plans. Your fourth uh, question is so good because it fits right into that, and it's amazing how few people take advantage of it. You are absolutely right. If your employer provides matching contributions, in other words, for every dollar you put in, they put in 20 cents or 50 cents or even another dollar, if they provide that matching contribution, are you contributing enough to receive the entire match? Yeah, or else you might as well just go out and um, burn some money in your fireplace. (laughs) Exactly, because as someone explained it to me a long time ago, a match is free money. Yeah. And they said it this way, Roger, if you put in $3,500, they'll put in one half of that. Yeah. But if you don't put in the 3500 you get zero. Yeah. I said, well, you don't have to hit me on the head with a two-by-four. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So the next one is, have you read any books on retirement or financial planning. Lord, that's so boring. <laughs> well, you know, the, 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 the second book that I wrote, Fire Your Retirement Planner, You, I did it in such a way so that it's about 50 short stories. Yeah. Oh, I so you literally could read it in the bathroom. Yeah, your but the point is, done. I didn't want to bore people. And whether you read my book or anyone else's book, there are so many books out there. At least give yourself some education. Yeah. Yeah, yours is a great starter book. Okay. Well, let let me tell you something. There's a fellow by the name of Ron Chernow. Have you ever heard of him? I don't think so. Okay. Well, there's a Broadway play called Hamilton. That's yeah. very big right now. Obviously. So he wrote a book about Hamilton. Oh. He wrote a book about Washington. He wrote a book about J.P. Morgan and about Rockefeller. Yeah. And this fella got the Pulitzer Prize. Oh. Now, he is so well-spoken that when I was writing 
fire your retirement planner, you, I looked for some quotes that I could put in the book. And Ron Chernow said something that was chilling, and I put it in my book. There is a kind of fear approaching a panic that's spreading through the baby boom generation, Mm. which has suddenly discovered that it will have to provide for its own retirement. Yeah, yeah. He is spot on. Amen. Okay. And when I created this assessment, what I wanted to do more than anything else is splash cold water on people's faces and wake them up to some of the chilling things that lay ahead if they don't prepare. Yeah, that's for sure. And you've okay. done that so effectively. But uh, what's the sixth one then? Okay. Is- Have you consulted with a financial advisor about how you might improve your chances of a successful retirement outcome? Because yeah. generally speaking, you know, you may be a great crane operator. You may run a great general store. You may be a great pharmacist. Yeah. But what do you know about crafting a retirement income strategy for you and your significant other that could potentially last 30 years? It's just something where most people do not have the skill set. Yeah. And Roy, could I make fun of you for a minute in an example? You sure can. Okay. So. Roy, let me ask you, do you do your own root canal? <laughs> no, and I don't like okay. anyone else to do it. Ha- have, have you fixed your wife's broken leg? <laughs> no. Okay? So, so I'm going to ask you, why not? Why not? I'm, I'm not particularly qualified. <laughs> Thank you very much. I'm not qualified. So let's bring that back to the original question. Have you thought to engage a professional retirement income planner slash financial advisor to help you because you are not qualified, humbly speaking, you're not qualified to really do the best job possible. And the outcome is so important, you really don't want to take the chance of screwing it up. No, that's for sure. Yeah. And then so the that, that's how I look at that. And the seventh question relates to that, and uh, such a good question is, do I know how much I need to save and invest for each year of retirement? That's such a dawning question, and uh, with that inflation issue and all those other issues you raise, you certainly it, need it. It is, and, you know, you can go back to Ben Franklin, a penny saved is a penny earned, yeah. and you could clip coupons when you go to CVS or Walgreens, yeah. but you need to do a whole lot more. Okay, because that's not going to cut it, putting your quarters in a coffee can at the end of the day when you empty your pockets. Oh, but I feel confident because I do number eight. I buy lottery tickets in the hope that I will (laughs) win enough to live without having to uh, work. Well, you know, when it comes to lottery tickets, um, there are many different points of view. And I've heard some people say it's a tax on the stupid people. (laughs) Okay. Now, I don't know that I agree with that because I know a lot of people that buy lottery tickets and they're just doing it for fun or they're hopeful, but I don't think they're stupid. Uh, But on the other hand, you're trying to get something for nothing. And Roy, let me ask you, how well does that turn out for you normally? Well, about (laughs) 99,999,000. Exactly. The the chances of winning the lottery, and I'm not talking $12, but the chances of a 
significant win in the lottery are akin to being struck by lightning. Yeah. How many times have you been struck by lightning? I'm 60 years old. I haven't even seen lightning hit anywhere around me in six decades. Yeah. Well, I have seen it hit on the golf course. Not <laughs> Are you the one with those metal sticks, you know, uh, pointing up to the sky when it's uh, pouring? No, I was under a tree or something. Oh, okay. That, I heard that's even worse. Yeah, no, it is. Okay. So, number nine, do you believe that Social Security retirement benefits will be enough for you to live comfortably? And that's well, so easy to that's almost on. self-evident. The yeah, answer yeah. is really no. Yeah. You know, the government can't afford to give you a five percent increase each year; they'd go broke. Yeah, and furthermore, if you look at what you're living on today, and you can find out what you're eligible for in Social Security at various ages. It really doesn't add up. <laughs> a- exactly. Anyone could go to the Social Security website. I think it's uh, ss.gov, if yeah. I remember correctly. And you could sign up and create a profile and a password. And you could download your Social Security statement right on the spot. Yeah. And the reason the government has gone toward that system is they no longer want to print and mail a statement to 100 million people they're trying to save money yeah okay so you could download your report at any time and you want to look at it and you want to see are there any apparent errors because if there are you want to contact the social security administration with proof and get those errors corrected because eventually what you receive from social security is based on how good the data is yeah, and if I, there's a mistake, you want to correct I it. I checked mine, and they left out one year of earnings. <laughs> and that is that. very important. It was very Good. important to correct that. But, uh. Exactly. And uh, the last question is, as a general rule, do you save money each month in any type of account? And yeah. that goes back to what an early mentor said to me. Is there a month left after the end of the money, or is there money left after the end of the month? Yeah. And you make such a good point to pay yourself first before you spend the Absolutely. <laughs> but before you pay the light bill, you pay yourself first, your long-term savings. And I like to create what's called a financial fortress. And the definition of that account is it's dedicated for growth over time. Money goes in, but money does not come out. Amen. There's no key to the lock. You do not take the money out. That is your long-term wealth builder. Because I live by the motto, the more you spend the less wealth you have. Yeah, that's such a good point. But uh, when planning for retirement, the sooner the better. But whatever a listener's current age, it's time to get started now. Can you please share with us three simple steps anyone should take right now to get serious about preparing for retirement? The first thing that I think they need to do is to admit they need help because they are not a uh, specialist in this area. Yeah, check okay? your ego at the door, as you put it. <laughs> exactly. Check your ego at the door. You're not going to do your own root canal. You're not going to fix your daughter's broken leg. Yeah. You need help. But, yeah. you know, as important as that is, I would seek out credentialed expertise. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. And basically, I don't want to go to you know the stockbroker down the block, who I've known either. for many years. <laughs> Well, My brother-in-law it, knows some hot stocks. <laughs> exactly, but but I think that is the the wrong type of plan. See, I like to put my faith in people that are chartered retirement plan specialists, yeah. chartered retirement planning counselors, yeah. certified financial planners. Yeah. And I want a fiduciary obligation that they are working in your best interests, not just what is suitable for you. Yeah. Now, make no mistake, just because you hire credentialed expertise, that does not guarantee a, a wonderful outcome. And that does not mean you should step aside and just let them do all the work and not worry about it. Exactly. It's a collaborative relationship. But my sense is that you have a better chance of a positive outcome with their assistance than without their assistance. And, Bob, here's one other important item. You want to not only seek out credentialed expertise, but you want someone with experience dealing with people like you. Now, I don't mean a financial planner dry cleaner, (laughs) but what I mean is, you know, has this financial planner a lot of experience in dealing with small business people or people with children with disabilities or single people or uh, LBGT, uh, you know, uh, area. But you want to be able to deal with people that have experience working with families such as yours. And you want them to have tens of thousands of hours of experience. And the reason is there's a higher probability that they've worked with people that have your kind of problems. I don't want to work with someone who got a diploma yesterday. No, that's for sure. They don't have the experience. Yeah, that's for sure. Well, how do you uh, advise a client who tells you that they would – like routinely to save for retirement, but they also run out of money before a month's end. How can that person get started building their financial fortress, as you would? Well, you know, that's a real loaded question, <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to try to answer that, Roy. Yeah. Um, I've noticed some people trying to do that while at the same time, you know, they're in line at their favorite fancy coffee place that shall remain nameless, okay? And they're there getting a five and a half dollar concoction that has some coffee, a lot of ice, and a lot of sugar, yeah. okay? And they do so, that every morning. <laughs> yeah, now I sat down one day just for, for giggles, and I did the math, yeah. okay? So if you're getting a, a large whatever it is, and it's $4.65, even in Des Moines, yeah. and you do that seven days a week, that's about 32 bucks. Yeah. Now, one year of that is practically $1,200. Wow. Roy, if you take that amount and put it in a Roth IRA and invest it for the next 10 years, and let's say you're lucky enough to get an 8% rate of return, not 12, not 15, not pie in the sky 20, just 8, yeah. you'll have almost $25,000. Wow. Now, I don't mind having an extra 25000 in my Roth IRA. What about you? No. 
So the first thing you got to do is you got to look at your habits. And I would tell them, get a small spiral notebook, you know, the small kind that will fit in your pocket, and walk around with a pen. And for the next 30 days, I want you to write down all the money you spend every day. I want you to write down what you use for cash, credit cards, checks, anything that is automatically deducted like your light bill or water bill or mortgage. But I want you to be able to look at all of these outflows and see where you're actually spending your money. That would be quite an education for so many of us. to. It is quite an education because we waste a lot of money and we don't realize it. And if you do it for a full 30 days... And then sit down and start to analyze where is your money going? Yeah. Are are you spending one hundred seventy dollars a month on coffee? Yeah. <laughs> you know, are you spending two hundred eighty dollars on cigarettes? And what are you okay. really getting out of it? Exactly. Exactly. Because what people could, what, what I hope that they understand, and by all means, I don't want people to live like misers. I want them to enjoy their life. But I also want them to look at that $4.65 cup of sugared coffee and say, this is 25,000 bucks in 10 years. What am I doing? Yeah, no. And I just want them to stop and think. Yeah, you think about it, and if you decide that's what you really want to spend your money on, it, you then know, then go right, right ahead. You know, I'm I'm not an angel by any means, <laughs> uh, and I'm not here to tell you what to do. I'm just here to try to give some suggestions based on my 34 years in this industry. Well, what what are uh, this is so crucial? You uh, have in your book. What are the primary threats to successful saving and investing for retirement, and why is preparing for retirement a tougher task than it was for our parents? As you point out. Well, uh, when when I think back, you know, my my granddad, you know, sat on a porch. He didn't get a gold watch, but he always looked forward to that monthly Social Security check coming in. Yeah, and then he'd literally get up, go to the mailbox, sign it, and go to the bank. <laughs> and that's that lifestyle is gone. Yeah. Okay. The world has changed. Money has changed, and yeah. people have changed. Yeah. So now um, people are living longer. So you're dealing with long-term inflation, and I'll go back to trend-line inflation over the last 50 or 100 years, 3.2%. And hopefully your retirement will not be a short-term exercise in not working. Hopefully your retirement will last decades. So you have to be prepared for inflation. So, Roy, if you're earning that magic 50 grand, as as I gave in the example previously, You need a plan to turn that 50 into 65, 10 years from now just to be able to buy the same goods and services because they've all increased in price. That is threat number one, in-your-face inflation. Number two is health care expenses. Fidelity, on their website, they have a report that they published last year, which was superb, and I recommend people look at it. It deals with health care. And it basically said that a couple retiring at age 62, which is evidently a popular age to retire, not that I agree with it, but if they're in good health, they could potentially have a three-decade retirement, and health care costs 
can be $260,000 over that 30-year period. Now, Roy, where is that extra two hundred sixty grand account that you're not using for retirement? Yeah. That's just for health care. That's, that's not even long-term care, is it? That's no. Healthcare. This is Medicare premiums. Yeah. Medicare deductibles and co-pays, prescription co-pays, and deductibles. So what you're looking at is this is health care expenses, and it does not include, just as you rightly said, long-term care, which can dwarf that $260,000. Didn't you say like ninety thousand a year or something? It could very well be between seventy and ninety thousand a year. Wow. I actually have two family members mm-hmm. in long-term care right now. Ouch! So I am very, very familiar yeah. with the costs of it, and I have helped structure long-term care policies for clients over the last thirty years. So this is something that I, that I do have knowledge about, but the costs you, you you can't wing it. You need a strategy to pay for these costs. Now, obviously, Roy, long-term care expenses will be lower in Mississippi than they are in New York City. So I guess we should move to Mississippi. <laughs> Well, maybe, maybe not. Uh, And they're probably cheaper in Arkansas than they are in Aspen, Colorado, or Los Angeles. Yeah. Okay. Let's uh, let's talk briefly about your uh, your new uh, your new book, Fire Your Retirement Planner. You, how is that different from all the other retirement planning books out there? Well, I I designed the book as a series of short stories that that give you strategies. guidelines, rules, warnings, and best practices. And I'm not preaching to anyone. I'm just giving, you know, maybe one, two, three-page stories to illustrate a point. Yeah. And what I'm I'm hoping is that even keep it in your bathroom and read it over 30 days. Yeah. Um, But also, if people want more than that, um, I maintain a website called RogerOnRetirement.com. Yeah. Listeners can go to the website and download a free special report that I wrote, The 12 Keys to Successful Retirement Your Parents Didn't Teach You. Yeah, that's great. It's, I, I, it's I, there I for the taking. That. Let them just download it on RogerOnRetirement.com. Yeah. Well, if there was one message you would like a reader to take away from your book, what would it be? I guess get started now or what? Well, the, the, the sole message that I hope they learn is if you are the amateur in charge of your retirement, you have to fire yourself. Yeah. Check your ego at the door and get credentialed expertise. Yeah. And get you got one way. shot to get it right. Yeah. <laughs> Where do we go to preview and purchase your book? What's the best place? You can go to RogerOnRetirement.com. I have both my books for sale. Uh, Also, Amazon, which is, I guess, the largest bookshop in the galaxy, they have my books also. Oh, that's great. Well, in in conclusion, here are some final warning and a piece of advice. Statistics show that, sadly, the vast majority of Americans will not thrive in retirement. 
but that doesn't have to include you. The key is to get started now, not just by being busy, but by taking action to plan your retirement and launch your retirement plan with the help of a qualified advisor, as Roger points out, and check your ego at the door and seek the professional help you need. As an additional step, I highly recommend you preview and purchase Roger Friedman's book, Fire Your Retirement Planner You. As he points out, you're going to need a synthetic paycheck, in other words, a uh, source of income coming in for the next 30 years or so uh, after you retire, and uh, we want to make that our golden years and not be struggling around as a Pardon me, Walmart, but as a Walmart greeter or something. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, no, nobody wants to stand on their feet in a big box store, or worse, being behind a cash register that's really an iPad with a computer program yeah. that they can't figure out how to use. No, it's, it's, it's easy to read Roger's book, and it'll get you thinking and planning for an upcoming 30 joyful, hopefully stress-free years without a paycheck. And thanks so much, Roger, and best of success in getting your message out and sale of your new book. Thanks very much, Roy. Have a great day, and it was wonderful talking with you. Thank you for joining us. Well, thanks a million to Roger Friedman for his solid, sound advice on effective retirement planning. You know, one aspect of effective retirement planning that we didn't discuss with Roger, but which is featured uh, prominently in his new book, uh, and I believe all of us can agree with Roger that one of the pillars of successful saving and investing for retirement is faith in the future. And since, uh, oh, obviously there'll there'll be market ups and downs uh, in equity markets and in our personal lives, but none of us uh, will make consistently favorable investment decisions with an Armageddon. Uh, mentality. You know, these people always tell us to run out and buy gold or uh, stick our heads in the sand, whatever, and uh, that's not the way to uh, plan for the future. You have to have an optimistic outlook because over time, uh, history has proven that equity markets go up. Sure, they go down for a while, but the best way to look at the uh, future is for a favorable outlook. And, you know, uh, over the remainder of today's program, I want to remind you that an optimistic outlook is the O in the OPENS formula, O-P-E-N-S, and that's our doorway to a joyful and fulfilling second half of life. I also want to convince you that maintaining a consistently positive outlook toward present and future may be easier than you think. In fact, it's one of the advantages of being at middle age. Most of the ideas I will discuss will come from my first book, A Midlife Challenge Wake Up by Roy C. Richards. And remember, you can check it out and buy it on Amazon, BarnesandNoble.com, or our website, MiddleAgeRenewal.com. As a first step, uh, you and I should consider all the benefits we have at middle age. Your children are grown or soon will be grown, meaning that you and your spouse have accomplished life's most important challenge, uh, bearing and raising offspring. For the first time in years, you and your spouse will have ample opportunity uh, to spend quality time with each other, uh, to broaden your horizons, to share life-enhancing adventures. And heck, if you're not married at the present time, you can expand your horizons as an individual or with close friends. 
grandchildren have or soon will add a wonderful new dimension. I only wish my wife, Gloria, and I had one. <laughs> Smartphones, uh, tablets, home computers, cable and dish TV, special, uh, social media, the Internet have brought unheard of cultural, educational, and enlightenment uh, right into our homes. We also have the ability to communicate with just about anyone anywhere in the world at the touch of a button. And I trust you either have uh, or following Rogers uh, Friedman's advice, you soon will attain the financial security that you only dreamed of in your 20s and early 30s. Your personal uh, qualifications as an adult human being have been building over the past 20 to 30 years. I assume you've experienced both the bitter and the sweet, and you've acquired the innate ability to distinguish the gold from the glitter in life. And I trust that uh, you've learned to filter the idealism of youth through the hard lenses of reality, and that's an ideal combination that makes us uh, best prepared at middle age uh, to achieve those lifelong ambitions that we have. And regardless of your immediate and uh, financial and life uh, status as of today, never before in life have you been better prepared to envision the future of your choice and then to initiate a comprehensive life and financing plan to get there. Of course, the first thing you need to do is to visualize that, visualize that future, as you're not going to be going to a better place uh, on a journey to a better spot in your life without having a clear picture of where you're headed. Now ask yourself, given all my midlife blessings, is there any reason why I should be unhappy and fearful each morning, dread getting out of bed? Uh, does it benefit anyone in the whole world if you uh, are uh, run away from opportunity and are miserable and complain about the day, complain about your life? It benefits absolutely no one at all. Uh, we're just about out of time, but here's a couple of suggestions I can make uh, to make your uh, outlook on life much more optimistic. First of all, establish and routinely visualize in your mind an ideal future uh, just like you would like it to see, uh, and um, both for yourself and for those you love over the next 10, 20, or 30 years. Uh, open up your mind and visualize no, uh, your, no one is stopping you from making big plans and visualizing a bright future of your own choosing. And then, uh, hopefully, with your ideally, at least with a trusted advisor, map out and launch positive plans to accomplish those objectives. And that includes putting meat on the bones. You don't have to do that all at once. Ideas will come to you. And then, uh, of course, get started. And right today, make yourself four promises. I think these four promises are the key to a positive outlook on life. Promise number one, starting today, I no longer will dwell upon past mistakes, lost opportunities, and other uh, positive things I missed out on. That does absolutely no good to bemoan the past. Second, from this moment on, I appoint myself CEO of me. That doesn't mean you ignore advice from others, but it does mean that you're the one that must make the final decisions impacting your life. That doesn't belong to anyone else but you. 
And the third promise is, I promise tomorrow will be better than today. If we anticipate it, uh, it based on the law of attraction and so many other uh, true uh, facts to life, uh, an attitude that tomorrow is going to be better than today so often leads to the exact positive result. And finally, uh, I hereby ban all worry and negative thinking for blank, blank, blank minutes per day. I suggest you start with 30 minutes of worry-free time, and uh, your ultimate objective is to work up to 23 hours and 30 minutes each day without worry. Uh, You might want to reserve maybe half hour a day to get all your worries out of the way. Heck, an ideal time would be 24 hours a day worry-free, but uh, we might want to reserve that 30 minutes of worry time each day, but keep it at that. You need more help? Well, I uh, include several suggestions and self-help exercises in my book uh, to drive out negative thinking. And who needs that, that negative thinking? And once again, that's A Midlife Challenge Wake Up by Roy C. Richards. Check it out on our website. Also, you may recall on last week's program, May 1st, 2017, both of my guests, Ora Nadrich and Liz Crocker, uh, proposed antidotes to negative thinking or describe the uh, says who process to drive out a negative thought from your mind next time it (laughs) appears (laughs) and the uh, simple question is says who who says that negative fact is going to happen or that thing I fear is going to happen and it doesn't have to be you it's often been implanted by somebody else and Liz uh, Crocker presents a way to transform negative memories of a childhood trauma into a positive force through what she calls spontaneous writing. And uh, I, if you missed out last missed out on last week's program, you can go back and listen to it uh, today at any time in the future. That's the May first, two thousand seventeen program. And uh, the ideal time to begin. Uh, is springtime, and that's what we're in right now. So why don't you uh, join the birds and the uh, sing and the flowers as they bloom and put that positive outlook in your mind. And before we go, here's a heads up about next week. Next week we begin a series of programs on love and relationships, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and how to bring romance back into our lives. And to get a head start on love for the first time in life, for the second time around, maybe the third time around, or to rekindle romance with your long-term spouse or love partner who maybe you've been uh, just taking for granted, uh, we can offer Dr. Terry Orbach's acclaimed 90-minute video course, How to Find Love in Seven Days. Sounds promising, doesn't it? And you will uh, recall the name. Uh, Dr. Terry is the love doctor, a frequent guest on our program, and uh, we offer uh, her video for 50% off the advertised price. Sounds like a pretty good deal for our listeners only. Uh, to check it out, simply uh, uh, click on the uh, banner uh, right here on our website uh, accompanying this program. And then uh, when you get to uh, Terry, Dr. Terry's site, enter the promo code BESTAGE, and you can order her 90-minute video for 50% off the regular price. Uh, it sounds like a great deal to me, and I'd certainly want to take advantage of it. Uh, and 
for the rest of you, welcome to spring, and uh, with your very own guide to love, that would be a great way to get started. And uh, that's it for today. Tune in next week when we'll talk about uh, the courage it takes to turn the corner and start a new beginning. And we'll be back next week on Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age. You've been listening to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age, hosted by Roy Richards, an expert on midlife renewal and author of both A Midlife Challenge, Wake Up, and Wake Up, Captain and Crew, Restart Your Engines. You can learn more about Roy and his Middle Age Renewal Training System by visiting his website, middleagerenewal.com. 